0: What a journey we've been on
1: yeah we're here yeah
0: hi isha how are you
1: i'm pretty good Aman, how are you
0: i'm doing pretty all right wow we said each other's names we did what are our roles now
1: what you go <laughs> We have the we have the same role
0: we have the same role, <laughs> the same
1: role. <laughs> which is executive,
0: executive producer Yay!
2: Woo!
1: Oh, our <laughs> other folks are <laughs> here oh my
0: god yeah it's not just us it's not just us spooky that's that's quite spooky we're actually in a haunted house we are recording live from a haunted house we are you know, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um welcome back
1: yeah it's I, been a hot minute it's
0: been a long time we have gone through a lot um we have a completely new team new, new team i just kind of wanted to say that oh yeah yeah, but, no, no, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. as you should as you should <laughs> pipe in whenever uh, is, i love this back and forth
1: <laughs> this is exciting this is our first episode um of
0: the semester of, of the, the year semester of semester of for a while, hopefully,
1: yeah, consistently. We're trying to get consistent episodes out, so yep. If you're here listening, stay tuned because we want to get at least at least a podcast out a month. Possibly more. Possibly more. Hopefully, from the more looks of the it, future.
0: it sounds like it'd be more.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I'm Isha. I'm one of the E.P.s.
0: <laughs> Am I introducing myself again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Aman. I'm one of the E.P.s. Um, we joined past the mic. Well, you you joined.
1: I joined last, last year. year as a content producer. Yeah,
0: I joined as an audio producer in winter 2020, right before the pandemic. We've been through a lot through the pandemic, and now we're back in person. We're recording live in person, and we also have our new team here. Yeah. New team, please. Woo, so woo,
1: woo, we're Introduce yourselves. We, we have the whole team here today, we so do. we're going to introduce, or everybody's going to introduce themselves, and then we'll jump right into the, into the podcast, which relates to Spooky Vibes. You'll see. Yeah, you'll see. So stay
3: stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, hi, guys. My name is Sadia. Um, I'm one of the very first, very new content producers for Pasta Mike this year, hopefully for the rest of my (laughs) time. I I joined Pasta Mike specifically just because I needed a creative outlet um, as a person of color surrounded with other people of color who, you know. Have the same vibes in
4: me. just mm-hmm. a vibe. Really, mm-hmm. that's awesome. cool. Hi everyone, I'm Wendy. Um, I'm an audio producer, um, and I joined Pass the Mic because I just thought it was a really really cool project that I wanted to be a part of, and I'm so glad I joined because I get to work with all these cool great people. Um, and I guess one of my goals would be to make it bigger, to expand
1: it more. We like that. We like that.
5: <laughs> all right. Hi, I'm Eileen. I am an audio producer for Pass the Mic. Uh, I was interested in Pass the Mic because I've been an avid listener for the past six months now. Yeah, pretty consistent. OK, Ben. All right. Happy. <laughs> um, I also have been podcasting for a long time now, and I just wanted to continue that here at Michigan. OK, plug that in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah guys, listen to my other podcasts, which oh. are nonexistent. <laughs> Besides that, Pass the Mic was a really good creative outlet for me as well, to dive deeper into stories about people of color, because as a person of color, those are super cool and super interesting.
6: Okie dokie. My name is Lauren. I'm a content producer as well, and um, the reason that I was interested in Past the mic is just because I love conversation in general, being able to talk with other people. Um, I started a podcast club at the university last year, and she was kind of a flop, but, you know, this is my second chance. Um, I also enjoyed that this is a space for students of color. I think my last org, because it wasn't based in people of color, it kind of limited conversations around like candid convo and like discussion of like what, I guess, affects students of color on campus. So yeah.
1: Okay. Hi, I'm Kavya. I'm the external outreach coordinator for Pass the Mic. And this, is a, this is a new role, by the way? Yes. Yes. So, so Kavya is, Kavya is breaking new ground. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to see how it goes being the first person to be in this position, but I really wanted to join because I think it's important on campus that we're able to really narrate stories for people of color and by people of color. And I think podcasts and spoken word are a great way of storytelling and really resonating with audiences. So. I wanted to be a part of that and help expand the audience for Pass the Mic.
4: Hi, my name is SJ and I'm the third and final content producer for Pass the Mic. Um, I joined Pass the Mic because it's literally the same thing as like everyone, like wanting to join a community of color, having a creative outlet. I too once had my own podcast, now defunct. But yeah, no, I, I definitely wanted to give a literal voice to our stories, have more open conversations and that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm really excited to be on the team.
2: Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Aiden. I am the audio engineer for Pass the Mic this semester and onward. Hopefully onward. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I was interested in joining Pass the Mic because I am a Pat major and I geek out over audio stuff. And aside from that, I really admire what this podcast is trying to do. I really admire like outlets like this that, you know, try to amplify voices for students of color and, you know, give everyone an opportunity to really express themselves properly in you know a community that feels comforting, feels welcoming, feels you know as close to home as we can get here, you know?
1: Well, so Aiden's been killing the game today. He set everything up, and we feel very professional right
4: now. <laughs> uh, it's like off at the side, he's been saying like a lot of technical jargon, like diving point. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna let you do your own thing. Yeah. I cannot help you with this. I won't touch anything, I'll let
1: you do your thing. <laughs> I need to flex, like, the setup, so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, the setup, we're fe- feeling very professional right now.
6: Speaking of shout outs and speaking of intros, we wanted to introduce a recurring segment to our episodes that we're excited about. Um, In future episodes, we'll be doing a spotlight section where we introduce orgs of color um, and creatives of color to bring more awareness to their efforts and successes on campus. So if you want to be wired in that's what we're calling it, <laughs> to, to our Spotlight section, fill out the Pass Mike Spotlight Google form. You can find it in the bio of the Michigan in Color Instagram page or in the description of this podcast episode. Thank you. We are just a couple weeks away from
4: Halloween. It is spooky season, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Ooh, get, get out it. your pumpkins. Get out the pumpkins. <laughs> get out the lights.
4: What is everybody wearing for Halloween this year? Because I have been thinking about this for a little bit.
0: I got a red Among Us costume. Um, if you guys are familiar with the guy who ran around on Festival with it on, that was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll probably do it again just for Halloween. Um, did like, you get a lot of photos, like a bunch of people oh, take photos oh of you? Oh, yeah, me? absolutely. It was, was yeah. very... popular.
6: I was one of those people <laughs> taking photos. It was. it
0: was very, it was very weird because I like get on social media that night and I scroll through. And it's just Among Us after one after another. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell, guys? It's not. That everyone saw it's me all, it was <laughs> right? iconic it was i'm um i'm really hoping to i, I at a certain point i had to run away because i'm like i'm done you guys are good you guys put plenty of photos you're good bye <laughs> so i don't know maybe that'll happen again hopefully not I, th-
4: I, uh, I mean it'll be like the state game you need to get the
0: big shirt oh yeah yeah yeah. you yeah. need to get the uh, obviously the msu shirt on Right. precisely Yeah yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> well i have three costumes actually because <laughs> it's like a weekend thing and i'm a big sucker for halloween i'm gonna be kim possible iconic. Be ariel, mm-hmm. oh iconic uh, yeah. and then i'm gonna be ariel the little mermaid oh my god, oh my oh, god. the red hair yes. Yes. that's so oh fitting I a wig. <laughs> <laughs> and then my third one's a bit basic i'm just being a
0: bunny so i feel like after the first two like you're you yeah. deserve the... Yeah.
4: You know, right, right. Like, give myself a break. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I know somebody who's being a lamb. You should definitely, Ooh, like, link up with them. A lamb? Like,
2: the, the animal? Or, yes, like, a character sir. name? No, okay. no,
1: no,
6: no. We we a lamb. lamb. Yeah. A yeah. lamb. <laughs> not the lamb. full name.
0: Full first name. A lamb. A lamb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
6: Okie dokie, so I'm gonna be him from the Powerpuff Girls, if anyone remembers that character. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, him. So, you know, a nice little nostalgic spin on the devil costume, real excited. All right, so like, as we all know, like, we you know, when we're getting into the conversation of Halloween costumes,
4: we all as a community of color are very, very familiar with cultural appropriation of using parts of our culture in Halloween costumes. This is something that our previous past team had talked about. Definitely check out the episode. I believe it's from 2019. But even outside of Halloween, we see costuming literally every single day. Pull out your phone, go on TikTok. You are going to see cultural appropriation, unfortunately. And so in this episode, we wanted to talk about how appropriation has transformed into aesthetics and trends on social media like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter? Does that happen on Twitter? I don't know. Everything happens on Twitter. Everything happens on Twitter. The best and the worst. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like where cultural traditions and aspects has become trends and aesthetics and core Mm -hmm. of some sort. So in that sense, we'll be focusing on aesthetic appropriation where These people are wearing our culture and our aesthetics. So but before we get into like that sort of conversation, I think we definitely need to define cultural appropriation. From the website of Anti-Oppression Resource and Training Alliances, or (laughs) AORTA, actor and wellness coach Nisha Ahuja wrote that cultural appropriation is taking a symbol or cultural practice out of its original context and then plunking it down somewhere else. Then it becomes devoid of its original meaning, and the people who are doing the extraction often are benefiting, whether through personal gain, financial gain, or entertainment. Adrian Keene from the blog Native Appropriations wrote that with cultural appropriation, this also often plays out in the realities of colonization. It is the colonizer taking from the colonized. So we, we're definitely like looking into like the power dynamics of this whole situation but like does somebody else from like the table want to like start the conversation like do we know any instances of cultural appropriation in media
6: um yeah i feel like especially being on TikTok and different social media you see so many different trends and aesthetics that have like cropped up especially within the last couple years one example I can think of is like the clean girl aesthetic Mm -hmm. with the like slick buns and like the hoop earrings and like the lip gloss with liner. One example of that is Hailey Bieber's glazed brownie lips. Mm -hmm. These are all examples to the average person that's consuming TikTok content to just be another trend that's like cycling through the trend cycles. But I feel like that's something that a lot of like Black and Latinx women are seeing as things that they've grown up with for years, especially within the 90s and 2000s so these are definitely aesthetics that have been co-opted they've existed for years and especially with it being called the clean girl aesthetic i think there is that level of irony with those same groups being seen as like dirty and lesser than compared to the demographics that are usually partaking in these trends. So that's definitely an interesting conversation kind of going along with the idea of black femininity and aesthetics of black femininity being co-opted. Some examples that I can think of kind of go along with the fashion trends that have been booming, I think fast fashion being so huge lately with the resurgence of brands like Shein or Fashion Nova. We've been seeing different trends going on on social media that kind of align with these, whether they be the Y2K trend or the BBL fashion trend or the streetwear trend. These are definitely things that are rooted in Black culture. They've been seen again, especially with the 90s and 2000s within Black communities. And we're starting to see them not only on social media, but on the runway. I guess looking at These aesthetics, especially with the verbiage that's used around them, it's definitely interesting to see that it's called the clean girl aesthetic, and most of the people that are co-opting these aesthetics are white women, and with it being called the clean girl aesthetic, whereas when Black and Latinx people were using these aesthetics in the 90s and 2000s, they were seen as ghetto, ratchet, a lot of negative words, even dirty, used around them. So can anyone think of examples or kind of speak on examples in which there is that I guess, difference in the way that white people that are using different aesthetics have been viewed versus the people of color that kind of created and were at the forefront of these aesthetics originally.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely like what you said got me thinking about how a lot of these trends only quote unquote work on white people or like, I guess to make it less targeted, like white proximity to whiteness or in any instance where like you are profiting off of it, where you are the one in power, where you are the majority along those lines. And yeah, so like, first of all, that's really interesting, like what you said, the whole dirty versus like clean girl aesthetic. I think we can definitely see that in a lot of different other places. Like, for one thing, with like Asian fetishization and Asian trends, I think there's been a, like a lot, there's been a resurgence of like Asian makeup and skincare, which everybody has like participated in. But specifically, you know, with like the fox eye trend, which got huge on TikTok, I think, like sometime last year or even like the whole kawaii and uh, i forgot the the chinese term for it but all generally referring to like cuteness has been like repeated everywhere we see this in like gamer girl aesthetic which i didn't really realize until we started preparing for this the whole gaming aesthetic on like twitch on like tiktok all these people right no it's like they're all they're all like the lolita demure soft girl vibe and like you're you're infantilizing these people, yeah. and like when we like trace back to r- the roots of like where this comes from, we see it a lot in like East Asian, Southeast Asian cultures, more specifically on how white people have fetishized them.
6: Um, something that I was thinking about, kind of along the lines of like proximity to whiteness, mm-hmm. kind of going back along again with the idea of like the clean girl aesthetic and like how that's being viewed in the past when it was worn on black and brown people versus how it's seen today when it's worn on white people is definitely like fashion trends of today and how many of them are based around, again, forms of black femininity aesthetics, things like Y2K fashion Mm -hmm. or streetwear or the BBL fashion that we're seeing, BBL, Brazilian butt lift, along the lines of like a Fashion Nova or a Shein, things that we're seeing or even edges or baby hairs being done in like Mm -hmm. different ways on the runway has definitely taken off within the last few years, which is, Definitely interesting to see because in the same vein as like the clean girl aesthetic, like the slick back buns and the hoop earrings, those were seen as ghetto. Those were seen as ratchet. Those were seen as things that like could never make it on the runway. And it's funny how a lot of the things that we're seeing on the runway today are things that people from those communities that have created those looks can't even afford it just definitely is interesting to see that like separation between like the people that have like created these things and like how they're showing up on white models and the occasional non-white model
4: it's kind of like the way that they i don't know if dilute is the right word but more like removing credit where credit is due Suddenly makes it consumable. Suddenly makes it a thing where like people are like, no, this is desired, this is wanted. And like you should most definitely take this product and like do these trends. And oh, oh, that reminds me of like, have you have you guys heard of like guashua? Yeah. You know those stones? No. It's it's kind of like they're are these stones sometimes made out of jade. I've seen like other companies make it out of like different other items, but basically you kinda of, like pull it against your skin, it helps like, something about like releasing like lymphatic fluids and lymphatic drainage. drainage and that sort of thing, where this has existed in like East Asian, like Chinese cultures, this has been a practice that we do. Um, but then suddenly we're renaming it as innovative. Like, where it was like, it, it like links in with that near spiritualism, like, because it's like closest to spiritualism, but like, this is so new. This is like, so avant-garde, like, oh my God, like, let's, every company, let's do this. Let's like chase it. And like, let's be the best thing at this. And it's like the same thing with the clean girl aesthetic, where this has already been happening in the past. Like, communities have been doing this. is like, but then suddenly we're putting it on, uh, from a white pedestal, we're putting it on the runway. We're making it expensive. And so there's definitely also like a classism and elitism aspect to it suddenly people want to buy it.
3: I just wanted to mention how like I think a lot of these trends are based within capitalism and more like in depth, I guess even colonialism, like a lot of minority practices or aesthetics have been repressed or taken away from them. I'm specifically thinking about like indigenous peoples and how um, sage burning was something that could put you in jail. Oh wait, what?
1: Elaborate on that. Oh wait,
3: actually, yeah. I didn't process like, that. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh no, yeah, so it was crazy. When I was doing the research, like, I'm not sure, but is everyone aware, like, that um, most indigenous peoples were set off to, like, boarding schools to right. assimilate, yeah. quote-unquote? Yeah, assimilation yeah. programs, yeah. which I think,
4: based, based on my anthro class, apparently had started in Canada.
3: And then, like, people nearby were
4: like, that sounds like such a good idea. (laughs) Let's do it here.
3: Sage burning, while you're in those schools, could land you in jail or, like, have you could be, like, very brutally beaten if you're doing those practices. And it's very funny that we see this back on TikTok with the, oh, I'm very spiritual or I'm connecting to a higher self or something like that. And the use of sage burning, especially when sage isn't as sustainable and It's overconsumption of that. It just takes away from actual Indigenous people who understand the rituals and meaning behind sage burning.
4: Like you're taking away that cultural significance of it and the history when you're doing it as part, like almost like a gimmick. It feels very, very performative. It's like, I think when we get into the conversation of appreciation versus appropriation, where in a lot of these cases, people may tend to want to like appreciate this culture and like partake in it and be like, oh, like this sounds like a great idea. Like I wanna incorporate this into my life. But then oftentimes people don't know the significance. They don't do their research. And like kind of like what you said, the sustainability of it and taking away from the communities that they came from.
6: Spiritualist girlies on TikTok that are like, have the boho chic and they're like talking about zodiacs, but also they're talking about random Hindu gods Mm -hmm. and like all this different Mm -hmm. stuff. Is that like they're cherry picking from so many different cultures and like compiling them into this one weird, like neo-spiritualist, like aesthetic and like brand that like is not genuine to any specific culture. Mm -hmm.
3: And it's purely for capitalistic reasons. I feel like those, the cherry picking, I would say, contributes to the capitalistic consumption. Like if I take this one aspect of this culture or this practice, mm-hmm. having that on a, out on mass media just makes everybody else want to consume that one aspect without actually understanding right. the background right. and the history and you're the isolating
4: trauma. it essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're forgetting like the rest of like the context of it and like kind of like what Lauren had said um, when so many different aspects are like cherry picked and folded into this one neat pocket of near spiritualism on one section of the internet. Um, it's like, we don't even know where things come from anymore. I remember like I had to, I had a conversation with people um, where they don't know where, for example, like tarot cards came from, um, where they're bringing up different aspects of like Buddhism, Hinduism, and they don't even understand it.
6: Yeah, no, I think that another thing that's super interesting to me about this, is, like especially with the cherry picking and with I think religion for so many of these people on TikTok and different apps being so personal to them is that idea of like individualistic views of these things. I think that like they're especially cherry picking from cultures in which this like American individualist, like you are at the center of the world is just like not the norm. I think that it's coming from a lot of different cultures in which community is central and especially like religious community and spiritual community. Um, So I think that adds another layer to it that like makes it so grim that like you are putting yourself at the center. It is that colonial mindset that like what I think is important belongs to me and I should be able to have access to it. And I think something that's also very interesting to me, I've seen this in interpersonal, um, I guess, relationships and also things that i've seen online but i think a reason that i've seen a lot of people gravitate towards this is because the main religions that they usually identify with especially christianity but i've even seen this with other religions um, such as islam just like the major religions that we see i think that people have poor connections with it because of their um i guess personal relationships based on like what they've experienced when they've gone to church or different religious settings or in the home. And they use it almost as a form of like escapism mm-hmm. to like find comfort in other people's religions and other people's practices, um, which I think there there's that other grim layer of like, these are practices and religions that people have been persecuted for like, to this day like we're seeing to this day people being persecuted for their religious practices and people are finding comfort across the world from these issues or even with across the country like these are things that are happening even within the us um where you're just feeling comfortable comfortable cherry picking from things that people have to grapple with every day and have to fight for their right to be able to like exist in the way that they are and I think an example of this, kind of again tying back to the idea of aesthetics, is the balaclava trend. That is like a huge issue that's like cropped up within the last few years. Again, with the like super fast trend cycles, it's been a little bit since it's happened, but the the pain and the real implications of it still exist. I think that like the idea of people that don't identify with Islam being able to just throw on a head covering whenever they want to, especially on runways. Um, is is terrible considering that people don't have the choice to just take off the hijab don't have the choice to take off the burqa other head coverings because it is what they identify religiously um and in their everyday, they're dealing with persecution people are like being forced to not like practice their religion in the way that they want to Mm -hmm. Whereas like it becomes a trend one day for people to wear again balaclavas. Do we Um, want to
4: define what a balaclava is for people who don't know?
6: A balaclava is kind of like, a it's called also a balaclava helmet or a ski mask. It's similar to a ski mask. Um, it comes from, um, a Russian word, I believe that basically like is named after a Russian city. It was used in war, um, to deal with like cold and like, not being able to be identified because you can use it to cover up your face. Um, but over time, it's been used in more like fashionable settings, um, different settings all over. But um, more recently, within the 2018 New York Fashion Week, that was like where we saw the resurgence of them within like general fashion. Um, because again, it was on many runways and it became just a fashion trend again, seeing them on sites like Shein and like just Instagram models all over the place the Kardashians everyone partaking in this trend that was Extremely insensitive to people that wear head coverings every day for religious reasons and can't just take it off without it being a threat to their religious identity
3: I think the whole balaclava situation and the fact that Like it became a trend although it is widely known that hijabi women are being persecuted daily because they wear the hijab is just another instance of people cherry picking or choosing what not to see or being like very ignorant in a way like again with like fashion trends with like um, the clean girl aesthetic or the cute girl aesthetic like I feel like a lot of things are overlooked or just hidden away or Purposefully ignored and again cherry-picked just for consumerism capitalism And I feel like that again that all ties back almost to Like colonialism, like yes, we like this aspect and we will take it now
6: I think like the general idea that you have been talking about when it comes to like capitalism um, definitely brings up like an interesting idea for me when it comes to like there are, because of these capitalist systems, the push for these websites like Fashion Nova and Shein to like churn out new trends and outfits and different things. Like constantly, it's happening faster than we've ever seen before. And thus we're seeing trends or like, We're seeing culture right before our eyes eyes become trends and like disappear within seconds, it feels like. Um, So like if people can speak on like their experiences or what they think about like what the effects of that are, like seeing these trends go by so fast and it's just like in a blink of an eye, something that you've grown up with becomes like a thing of the past almost.
0: But what does this mean for us, for those of us who personally relate to them? How do you guys feel?
6: I feel like it's definitely weird just, like, with the examples that I've given um, that are, like, black-centered. I think that, like, seeing people, like, do the slick buns, the, like, hoop earrings, like, just seeing people that don't identify with the culture, the, like, lip gloss, all these things, or, like, even other examples that we didn't talk about, like, other forms of black femininity that were seen as, like, super theatrical and, like, rambunctious and, like, obnoxious, like, the super long nails and... The big lashes, like people are just constantly, like I see it every single day, girlies getting their nails done yeah. super long and wearing <laughs> super long yeah. lashes. Like it's just a norm now. Whereas like 10 years ago, even like five years ago, like that just was not normal. It's just very rather odd to not see. Like-
0: popular quote-unquote yeah right. like it's normal for sure it was normal know?
6: within like my circles yeah mm-hmm. um but it's almost i feel i feel like i've been having experiences where like this is especially so where like people are treading the line where especially if they're like a person of color that like can almost pass as being black Like this, even if they're not a person of color, I feel like we've been seeing this with things like the Kardashians where they're like mixed passing when they have these aesthetics on it. Like definitely makes an interesting point to like what, not what is race, but like just seeing people that are fully not black and I see them wearing these aesthetics and I like have to do a double take because it's like, why do you look like a black woman right now? Like that's so weird. Like you look like people that I've like grown up seeing since I was like a literal child. Yeah. I think something
1: I was thinking about when everybody was mentioning this was the fact that there are like posters of like Hindu gods and like Hindu gods on t-shirts. Oh yeah. I like don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. It's like they have like Ravun, which is like the 10 headed demon and I see that on shirts like all the time. And I don't know like, and, like, I see them posters, and, like, I, and like the posters are, like, in rooms of, like, very, very white people. So I don't know how that's to kinda feel like about it. kind
0: of, like, posting it as, like, oh, you know, that looked cool. Yeah. And then just left it there. Exactly. Like, it's just,
1: like, something that looks cool. Right. Which, like, I don't know if I'm, I'm supposed to be, like, oh, like, people are learning more about the Hindu god, so I guess it's good. But it also just, like, leaves a sour taste in my mouth.
0: Yeah. I definitely relate to that.
1: That's what I was thinking about.
0: I got reminded of, I was actually just Googling this right now. I got reminded of a situation where a famous NBA player, Jeremy Lin, he's, I believe, he's Asian-American for sure. I, I'm not 100% sure on um, his parents' origin. But um, he's Asian-American, and he had dreadlocks. Um, and it sparked a big discussion about, hey, you shouldn't have these dreadlocks. And then he was like, well, no, I'm appreciating the culture. And then there was this whole thing where he had to come out and be like, um, I, I, I'm not fully aware of the situation. It was a long time ago. Um, but in the context of that, do we take into account that you're also a person of color? Does your struggle here in America and in American context give you some sort of extra pass? It, it, um, I was
4: I was about to make a point just going off of what you guys had said, saying like, We've been mentioning like white people and colonialism, but I think it's really important for us to understand like when we're existing within a community of color, we need to talk about like how we can actively hurt each other as well. Like there are several instances where we have appropriated each other, we have hurt each other and we've crossed the lines. Uh, It's like a lot of the things that we say, um, a lot of like important like historical moments are like, again, like back to the Gen Z thing, like a lot of the things that we see circulated around like American media and social media does stem from like black culture. And so, like, I think it's really hard for us because we're existing in this space. It happens a lot around us, whether we're hearing it from the community themselves or we're hearing it appropriate from somebody else's mouth. But it's like happening all the time. Like, how do we where do we draw the line of like, is this okay, Or like, is this just a natural part of a culture's constantly changing? like uh, interacting with each other or is this just straight up problematic? Is this appropriation? Like how, where, where, where do you where do you guys fall on that? Well, not fall, wait, sorry. Let me repeat that question. Where do you guys like, stand on that? What do you guys think?
5: I think one thing that we should discuss or maybe clarify is what we define American culture, because it's a discussion I have a lot with like Asian-Americans or for African-Americans, black people as well of how we define America now, because by defining modern American culture, it's just really hard to start separating out the cultural influences immigrants or any person of color has had Mm -hmm. on this country in the past 300 years or Mm -hmm. 500 years. Basically, America's history has been spotted with people of color throughout Mm -hmm. history. So when we reference American culture, then what are we do we mean by like, if we think of American culture, are we thinking of like white Americans or are we thinking of America as a whole?
6: I feel like your point about like being able to pick out like what is American culture versus other culture is interesting because I think like at its root, American culture is inherently violent. It's inherently colonialist. It's inherently exploitative. It's inherently opportunistic in ways where it does cherry pick from whatever groups it allows into it. So, I think with that in mind, it's not that it's not that American culture can be fully separated from things like Asian American culture or Black culture or indigenous culture, but there is the there's the lack of like credit that's being given mm-hmm. to these cultures like we can say American culture is this amalgamation of all these other cultures, but we have to say, but it comes from this culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that the problem is that all of us, whether we be people of color or white people, is that when we're navigating American culture, we're contributing to this violence. As long as we're not giving credit where credit is due. I agree.
4: Yeah. I
6: agree
4: 100%. I think when we like say, oh, it is, it's a melting pot of different cultures like like you know exactly what you had said earlier it's like it glosses over our history it glosses over um the nuances of each community and each contribution and that sort of thing so i i definitely agree like we need to give credit where credit is due and recognize that a lot of the culture that we partake in isn't necessarily this white american culture
2: i don't know i was just going to talk about how i like the way that i make the distinction is i I think about the two sides of this focus on I know what you're talking about. like this preservation of white purity yeah sorry, yeah, that's like, true. This, uh, yeah. like this story it's really like what what makes the distinction for me is the, where is like it's all a sense of pride mm-hmm. between uh, between every race but it's really just where the pride is coming from mm. is it the pride of keeping everyone else similar to you or is it the pride of mm-hmm. hey I contribute this like this is my culture and I you know I can appreciate everyone else's culture I like that you know the people around me are different from me and that you know we can share our experiences we can create a better life for all of us together um, or is it more of just like I want everyone to be the same as me because I like other cultures scare me other cultures you know make me feel less than other cultures sort of threaten my culture you know what I mean
6: I feel like with this conversation, it's important to again loop back to like the original definitions that SJ gave and point to the fact that like, while we can talk about cultural exchange um, versus appropriation, I think that there is that inherent power dynamic that exists that makes it such a difficult topic that makes it more than do I want other people to partake in my culture and have access to my culture? It's about whether. Or not like there are power dynamics involved that make it unfair when other people have access to my culture if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and i feel like that has to be central to the conversation or else it waters down what people of color are talking about when they're upset about their culture being appropriated
4: Mm -hmm. you know we've had a lot of like really really great points in this this discussion um I think it, it, didn't, it didn't follow our exact outline, but I, I love the conversation that we had. I think it definitely challenges each other, and I hope it challenges um, our listeners as well. Um, but just to kind of like close it up, because we have been talking here for quite a bit, like what are our closing thoughts and your reflections, anything that we like learned um, and want to take away from this episode?
5: Take the time to learn the stuff that you're practicing. Mm-hmm. Like there is rich history behind these practices. That we could all learn something from, like we could all learn something from them, and it will not only make you a much more intellectual person; it will also make you more open-minded, mm-hmm. and also I think more appreciative of where these are coming from. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good first step to take. Mm-hmm. Like if you see Haley Bieber's brownie glazed lips on TikTok, go look into it. Go look into that history. See why was that a thing? Why? Like, for example, there's a really good TikTok, I think, by Beyonce's makeup artist Mm -hmm. who goes into the history of that trend. Why was that a thing? And it's really good information to find. So really good, easy first step is just take the time to learn. I think because uh, our discussion had started
4: off from like social media trends, aesthetics cores, um, I would definitely say this is like for everyone and like for myself as well, but like question what you are consuming.
0: Oh, absolutely. And like, you know, we we are in the daily. This is
4: something that we have to do as creators. Um, But like, don't just take, take everything with a grain of salt and like not everything, not everything is exactly as it seems. Uh, Like, like we've mentioned, there's such a deep history behind this. Um, And then also, I would say give grace that sounds religious. I don't mean it that way. I mean, like giving, giving grace to ourselves, um, like kindness. For kindness and like for like making mistakes. Yeah. Cause I think with a lot of, with this discussion of appropriation, um, there are no clear lines. Uh, a lot of it is just a gray space that we maneuver around. And so we're checking in with the people around us. Is this okay? Is this comfortable? Do you feel respected? And so sometimes like, we're going to like mess up, like yeah. kind of like going back to our conversation of like, um, uh, like, communities of color can hurt each other. This is not just like a white, like us against white people narrative. Um, And so like with that situation and that in mind, it's like we are eventually gonna hurt people, unfortunately, that's just kind of the reality of the situation, but understanding that, growing from that and reducing that sort of mistake, it's all a learning process is what I was like thinking.
6: I was gonna say the thing about like people of color, like especially with this being Mike, Mm -hmm. like, With the assumption that these are mostly people of color listening, just like keep that in mind where like you play a role in this Mm -hmm. and like being able to like support your other like people of color in that and realize that like again you may hurt each other, but also you have an opportunity and a responsibility to support each other Mm -hmm. with us all. As we've seen, there's so many different examples um, that brush across all cultures. Um, We have an opportunity and again responsibility to. Uh, advocate for each other when we see these issues Mm.
4: that being said um, we are a team of color right Uh, and we try our best to represent um, what we're talking about oftentimes though sometimes because of time uh, we can't cover everything
0: we can't hit everything
4: and we're also not experts where we try to talk from what we can research and then also from our own personal experiences Um, so again kind of like what we said take everything with a grain of salt do we have any closing remarks from anybody?
0: Culture is cool. For sure. Don't use it as a Halloween costume. Yes,
6: it's <laughs> cool, but cultural appropriation is spooky.
4: Also, on research, um, we will be including all the links um, and references that we use, just so like in case anybody wanted to like read into it further, watch some of the TikToks we're talking about, um, that will be accessible to you as
6: well. Mm-hmm. And with that, we mm-hmm. drop the mm-hmm. mic woo